Alright guys, welcome back to episode 12 of your Average Fight Fan. I am your host, my name is Juan, and today we're going to be going over a little bit different than usual. We're going to be doing uh, multiple fight cards instead of just one. We're going to be finishing off the month of September, going into the month of October, and going through the events leading up to the end of October. We're going to be doing this Saturday, which is uh, UFC Fight Night, Michelle Watterson versus Angela Hill. Next Saturday, September 19th, UFC Fight Night, Colby Covington versus Tyrone Woodley. Saturday, September 26th, which is UFC 253. That's going to be Israel Adesanya versus Paulo Costa for the middleweight, uh, excuse me, for the middleweight title. We're going to be going into October for the October 3rd event, UFC Fight Night, Holly Holm versus Irene Aldana. We're also going to be doing uh, October 17th. UFC Fight Night, Brian Ortega versus Korean Zombie. And lastly, Saturday, October 24th, will be UFC 254, Habib Nurmagomedov versus Justin Gaethje for the lightweight title. So without further ado, let's get right into it. Let's start with September 12th, which depending on when you're listening to this, this card may be about to start because I am recording this on Saturday, September 12th, or it may even have taken place already depending on when you're listening to it. So... On paper, this might be the worst card the UFC has ever put together. Not to any fault of their own. Some of the fights were forced to be canceled due to different reasons, one of them being COVID. But the casual fan, due to all this stuff and what this card has become, the casual fan will look through this card, the entire thing, and recognize maybe a handful of fighters. The main event being Michelle Watterson versus Angela Hill in a strawweight bout, which is 115 pounds. While both girls are very tough, and they are getting better with every fight, as well as being champions outside of other organizations, neither one of these girls will be a champion, in my opinion, at least not at this stage in their careers, and in the UFC. Uh, with that being said, Watterson was the atomweight champion, which is 105 pounds, that was an in Invicta. And Angela Hill was the Invicta strawweight champion, which of course we know is 115 pounds. But, you know, with the UFC arguably having the best male and female competition, both girls have struggled a little bit since joining the UFC. Um, I think Hill has struggled the most out of both of these girls. She even had to be, uh, had to be released from the UFC and literally having to fight her way back uh, after becoming the, like I said, strawweight champion in Invicta. Michelle Watterson goes by the Karate Hottie for obvious reasons. She's an absolute cutie pie. She's coming into this fight ranked at number 8 with a record of 17 and 8 losses. Angela Overhill Kill coming in at ranked at number 13 with a record of 12 and 8. She's looking to uh, break into the top 10 with a win over here. Both of these girls are coming off a loss in their last fight. So getting that W is a top priority for both fighters. You know, other than both of these girls, which should put on a good scrap, the only other fight that I'm kind of really interested in and looking forward to is Bobby Green against Alan, Alan Patrick. Reason being, I always enjoy a good Bobby Green brawl. This guy is fun to watch. He talks a lot of shit, and most of the time he backs it up. Like I said, other than the main event, really there's only one other fight on this card that I'm really interested in. Bobby Green is unranked currently. He comes in with a record of 26 and 10. He's facing 
Alan Patrick, like I said, who's also unranked with a record of 15 and two, should be entertaining. Like I said, Bobby Green is a good, uh, he's a good fighter. He likes to brawl, likes to keep it standing, although he is good on the ground as well. Uh, and Alan Patrick, same thing. Good fighter, fun to watch. So, like I said, other than that, there's not much going on in the rest of this card. So I'm just going to skip the entire card. You guys let me know what you think after watching it, if you watch it. Uh, of course, I'll, like I said, I'm going to watch Bobby Green versus Alan Patrick, and I'm going to watch, of course, the main event like I do for every single card. Even if I don't have a chance to watch the entire card, which I'd like to, I will never miss a main event. Like I said, you guys let me know what you think. Like I said, this pa- this fight on paper, I mean, this card, excuse me, on paper is ugh, dreadful. But anyway, moving on to next Saturday, which is September 19th. We have Colby Covington against Tyrone Woodley. This card got good at the very last moment. I was about to say how bad this card sucked when I was looking at the confirmed fights. At the point when I was looking at them and I was starting to type this, man, it was bad. It was pretty It was pretty shitty. But then at the last moment, I saw that they added three good fights to this main card. They added Johnny Walker against Ryan Spann. They added Hamzat Chimaev versus Gerald Mearshart. And they added Cowboy Cerrone against Nick Price. Uh, which is going to be the main event for this card. The addition of these three fights makes this card a must-watch. I don't know if you know who Johnny Walker is, but if you don't, you should definitely look this guy up and you need to know who this guy is. Johnny Walker is a ferocious puncher who was on an absolute tear, knocking out everybody, including three knockouts in a row. One of them was by elbow at a, a minute 57 seconds around round one. Uh, another one was a spinning back fist knockout in 15 seconds around round one. And then he got a third knockout in a row, this one by flying knee in 36 seconds of round one. Obviously, people love knockouts no matter how they come. But if you got three back-to-back-to-back first-round knockouts, that's awesome, impressive, and fun to watch, which is why this guy, like I said, ferocious puncher, huge guy, awesome guy, fun to watch. But after his last KO win, he did some weird victory celebration where he's standing upright he salutes like if he's saluting the the soldiers or or armed forces and then he kind of falls flat on his chest the bad part is he didn't land on his chest he landed wrong and tore all the ligaments in his right shoulder horrible horrible way to go out because like i said this guy knocks his opponent out in 36 seconds of the first round and then does this weird salute victory celebration, so weird. And then ruins his his right shoulder where he had to, he had to get surgery and he was out for eight months. After the surgery, he comes back and just not the same guy anymore. He doesn't seem like the same guy. He doesn't have the same confidence. He doesn't have that explosiveness anymore. So now he's coming off back-to-back losses and he's trying to get back in his win column against a tough guy in Ryan Spann. So I don't know. It's going to be tough to see. Can he get off that hump of back-to-back losses and get back to where he was? To that explosive guy, super ferocious striker. I don't know, dude. We'll see. But right now, he's ranked at number 11. He comes in with a record of 17-5. and Span, who is on an eight-fight win streak. Ryan Span is ranked at number 12 with a record of 18-5. and So I'm really curious to see how this fight goes, how this fight plays out. Again... Back-to-back losses for Johnny Walker. Eight-fight win streak for Ryan Spann. Super interesting. Awesome addition to this card. I'm pumped for this card. Let's see how it plays out. I'm intrigued. 
So following that fight, you have Hamzat Chimaev versus Gerald Mearshart. Hamzat is, if you don't know him, he's 8-0. He's got a pretty big hype behind him. He's fighting Gerald Mearshart, who is unranked. They Both of these guys are unranked. Uh, Mearshart is 31-13. and Again, Chimaev is 8-0. He's got a pretty big hype behind him right now, even though he's only 2-0 in the UFC. So much hype that after fighting twice in 10 days on Fight Island back in July, ragdolling both of his opponents and winning both of these fights by stoppage, the UFC books him to back-to-back fights again. The first time, it wasn't even scheduled. It was just he was scheduled for a fight, and then since somebody fell out of this of a fight 10 days later, he just jumped in and did it. So he fought twice in 10 days, but now they actually booked him for back-to-back fights. Dana said that he likes the mentality of wanting to stay active and, and accepting a fight that comes your way anytime. So they're working on finalizing the, the details to make a fight against Damian Maya on Fight Island. Now, this is unprecedented. This has never happened before. I get it. He's got a huge hype behind him and, and they're expecting him. Has anyone considered the fact that Mearshart is a good fighter? Jared Mearshart is a good fighter. Nobody's considered that? I guess not. They're expecting Chimaev to win this fight and just move on to the next one. And listen, while I don't disagree with that, that's not usually how things work in combat sports. Upsets are not uncommon in this sport. They happen all the time. Again, I do not disagree with Chimaev beating Mearshart. What I do disagree with is giving him all this hype when he's only 2-0 in the UFC. Granted, he is an awesome fighter. Excellent fighter. Dominant. Ragdolls his opponents. Again, he's undefeated 8-0. But geez, man, give this guy a break. Let him fight Mearshart, and then if he wins, book him. Or don't announce it if you're if you're working on it. Don't announce it. Just say, yeah, we're focusing on Mearshart. We'll see what happens after that. And in the background, if you want to work on the details with Damian Maya, that's one thing. But geez. Anyway, so like I said, they're expecting him to win this fight and just move on to the next one. And I guess they're expecting him to ragdoll Mearshart as well. Again, I do not disagree with him winning this fight. I I actually think he is going to win this fight. So, speaking of on to the next one, we move on to the co-main event. The co-main event for this card is Cowboy Donald Cerrone against Nico Price. Cowboy, as you probably already know, is one of the most beloved fighters in MMA. This guy will fight anyone, anytime, anywhere. You've probably heard that quite a bit from many fighters. A lot of guys say that, but there are very few people, very few fighters that actually mean when they say, I'll fight anyone, anytime, anywhere. Most of the guys just yap, run their mouth, and then when they get offered fights, they're like, nah, not taking that one. I'll wait for another one. Not Cowboy. Cowboy, you offer him a fight, he says yes. He doesn't even know who the opponent is or where it is. He just says yes. With that come many perks. Things like tons of main event fights. Things like countless win bonuses, fight of the night bonuses, performance of the night bonuses, uh, breaking records left and right, getting to the top of the division, being in the top five, which Cerrone has done throughout his career. The problem with that is when you do fight in that way, you don't always prepare the best way. And on fight night, you might not be the best version of yourself. And that has happened to Cerrone many times. Case in point, 
His record dating back from January of 2017 until now is four wins and eight losses. Out of those eight losses, he's been stopped five times, including the 40-second ass-whooping that came from Conor McGregor in January of this year. Now, Cowboy Cerrone is now 37 years old. He's ranked at number 14, and he's got a record of 36-15. and 15. Standing across the cage from him is going to be Nico Price. Currently unranked, with a record of 14-4 and four with one no contest, Nico is very dangerous. His record and his ranking do not mean shit because he is so dangerous. Most of his fights do not make it to the judges. In fact, out of his 21 fights, he's gone the distance once. And I don't think this fight will be any different. Nico is a tough fight for anyone. He likes to be unorthodox. In his approach to fighting, he, he's a pressure fighter. He comes at you quick. He's strong. He's good on the ground. He's good everywhere. And that's some of the things that Cowboy has problems with. So we're going to have to see who gets their hand raised at the end of this one. But I got to be honest. I don't think it's going to the judges. I don't think this fight is going to make it the distance. I feel that it's, it's going to end quick. And I don't mean quick like five seconds, ten seconds in the first round. I just don't mean it's a three-round fight. I don't think it's going to make it three rounds. Okay, moving on to the main event. This fight has been in the makings for quite a while. Colby Covington versus Tyrone Woodley. These two guys have been talking shit to each other for as far as I can remember. At least since Kobe's been in the top 15. I know I don't predict fights. And there's a reason for that. But I feel like this is going to be a typical Kobe Covington slash typical Tyrone Woodley fight. The reason I say typical is because Tyrone Woodley tends to have his back to the cage, not be very offensive, not be very aggressive, be a counter striker, and not put out as much output as his opponents. And Kobe is a pressure fighter who likes to, again, pressure people against the cage, have more output than his opponents, cardio for days. And he usually wins by decision. That's how his fights usually go. So the reason I say this is going to be a typical Kobe Covington slash typical Tyron Woodley fight is I think that Kobe Covington is going to put on the pressure, clinch against the cage, you know, put Tyron Woodley against his back against the cage and just win by decision. That's what I think. Again, I do not predict fights. There's a reason for it. But in this particular case, that's what I think is going to happen. Um, I just I don't believe that Tyron Woodley has what it takes to compete at the top of the division anymore. He had his run. He was the champ. He won the belt by knocking out Robbie Lawler in spectacular fashion. Nobody can take that away from him. He's defended the belt. But now you're talking about a guy who's late 30s and father time. It's his turn. Father time is undefeated. Always will be undefeated. So what is father time going to do? He's going to take over and do with Woodley what he does with all aging fighters. Start the retirement process. And it's unfortunate because, again, Tyron Woodley is a good fighter. He's, you know, been at the top of the game for a while. Some people, I mean, this was probably started by him, but some people used to say that he was in the conversation for the best welterweight of all time. I completely disagree. Uh, But he is a very, very good fighter. And again, 
Father time is undefeated. You're in your late 30s. It's time to just understand that father time is undefeated for a reason and it always will be. But either way, Covington comes into this rank, uh, into this fight ranked at number two with a record of 15 and two, while Woodley comes into this fight ranked at number five with a record of 19 and five. We will see what happens here. Both of these guys talk way too much, whether it's talking shit or complaining. Woodley whines about everything. He whines about everything, whether it's, oh, Dana hates me or well, everything is racist and uh, don't do this, don't do that. Uh, he whines about his music. If you don't like his music, he says you're racist. If you don't, he's such a whiner. Whines about everything. And then you got Kobe. Kobe talks shit about everything and everyone. He's just as racist <laughs> as anybody can be. He's always got the stupid MAGA hat on. Uh, he is clearly a Trump supporter, loves Trump. But at the same time, I don't really know if that's actually him. I think that's just a character that he puts on to sell fights and to, you know, quote unquote, be popular. He's done a great job of putting on a persona and creating this character that people hate. And it's gotten to it's gotten him to where he is now. He, you know, flew up the division to rank number one and fought for a title, made a you know, made some money. He he did you know, regardless of what you think about him, he he is one of the best fighters in the world. Specifically in the welterweight division, he's ranked number 2, but I think he's absolutely an awesome fighter. Okay, take away his antics outside the cage and all that shit, you put him in the cage, he's he's a brawler. He's got cardio for days like I said before, he's an excellent fighter. So we'll see who wins this one. Uh you know my thoughts, you know what I think is going to happen. We will see, but that's it for this main event. It's uh, telling you, the addition of those three fights made this card pretty, pretty, pretty damn good. So again, must watch. And that's going to be on, like I said before, September 19th, this coming Saturday. All right, so moving on to the following Saturday, which is September 26th, fight card with two title fights. You got the co-main and the main. The co-main is a light heavyweight title fight. And the main the main event is a middleweight fight. Oh, excuse me, middleweight title fight. In the co-main event, you have Dominic Reyes, who many people, including myself, believe that he beat John Jones in his last fight. He will be taking on Jan Blakovic. Reyes is ranked at number one with a record of 12 and one. He his only loss being to John Jones. While Blakovic is who's on a three-fight win streak, by the way, is ranked at number three with a record of 26 and eight. They'll be fighting for the vacant light heavyweight title. As John Jones has officially vacated the title and apparently is moving up to heavyweight. So we'll see where that goes. Keep that in mind. It's interesting. John Jones at heavyweight is going to be very, very interesting. In the main event, this might be or probably is one of the most anticipated fights of this year. Two undefeated fighters in their prime fighting for the middleweight world championship. On one side of the cage, you're going to have the Brazilian challenger, Paulo Costa. He's ranked at number two. Again, he's undefeated at 13-0. And, um, and he's got one of the craziest looking bodies in the sport. Combat sports world. It looks like he takes every single steroid that he has available on the black market. <laughs> but he's never tested positive for anything. So whether you think he takes steroids or you don't, he's never tested positive. So he's, up until this point, always tested negative for everything, which means he is clean. He just has the physique of a fucking gladiator. <laughs> this guy fights like a bull, always moving forward, pressuring his fighters, 
11 of his 13 wins have come by knockout. This guy's a beast, absolute monster. And then on the other side of the cage, you're going to have the champion, Nigerian-born, but he's been living in New Zealand for more than half his life, Israel Arsanya. He holds a 19-0 record. Again, like I said, they're both undefeated. Um, out of these 19 wins, 15 of those have come by knockout. Both of these guys are crazy, crazy good strikers. Like I just said, 13 knockouts for Paulo Costa, 15 knockouts for Israel Adesanya. Awesome matchup. Israel has been a kickboxer for most of his life. He obviously fought in kickboxing prior to moving to MMA. So while he's very, very skilled at takedown defense, and apparently he can hold his own on the ground, he tends to favor uh, the stand and bang style of fighting, clearly because he was a kickboxer for most of his life. Although both of these guys have tremendous, or excuse me, are in tremendous shape, and they both have great chins, whoo, I don't know, man. I, I, I honestly have a hard time seeing this fight go in the distance. I don't know why. Maybe because they both have fucking crazy amounts of, uh, of knockouts. You're talking 28 knockouts between the both of them. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's it, Either way, whether it goes a distance or not, this fight's going to be fireworks in my opinion. Crazy, crazy, crazy fight. I'm super pumped for this fight. So we'll see if it does go the distance. I, I don't know. I, I really have trouble seeing this fight go in the distance. I, I think it's going to end early, but we'll see what happens. Besides that, uh, besides that, the card is pretty flat, unfortunately, uh, except for Diego Sanchez versus Jake Matthews, which should be good. Hakim uh, Dawadu versus Zubaira Tuguav. You might not know those names now, but you will soon. They're, they're both very, very skilled fighters. And then you also have Claudia Gadelia fighting John Giannonen. I really apologize for pronouncing those names wrong. But um, yeah, so again, this fight card is pretty flat. I like Jake Matthews. I like watching Diego Sanchez fight. Um, I'm a fan of Claudia Gadelia. And again, Hakim and Zubaira, you will know those names sooner or later. They're both very skilled. So that, that's pretty much it for this fight card. Again, Man, the, the the main event is so crazy. I'm so pumped for that. The co-main is going to be really good. And then again, it's just, like I said, the other the, the rest of the card is, is kind of, eh, whatever. But I'm still super pumped for the co-main and main. So that rounds out October, or excuse me, September. So we're going to move into October. Um, so as it stands right now, obviously we're still, you know, pretty far out. Um, most of these cards are are not completed. In other words, the fight card has not been completed with all the fights yet. So obviously, as those dates get closer, we'll see the, um, you know, we'll see those fights getting filled and we'll see who's on them and blah, 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 and that type of thing. But right now, as it stands today, which I told you today is September 12th, as of the recording of this, October 3rd has a main event, which is the women's bantamweight bout between the number ranked two, the number... <laughs> Sorry, the number two ranked American, Holly Holm, with a record of 13 and 5. She will be fighting the number six ranked Mexican, Irene Aldana, who's bringing a 12 and 2 record. This fight was actually postponed due to um, Aldana um, being tested positive for COVID, which is crazy. So it does happen. You know, even the biggest fight organization in the world, who's super, super safe about all this stuff, creates their own bubbles for everything. Sometimes. Things happen, and, and in this case, Irene Aldana tested positive for COVID, so she was clearly forced to, you know, obviously drop out of this fight, so they postponed it. So now, again, on October 3rd, they will be fighting 
uh, at this main event. Holly Holm is now 38 years old. Uh, she's still fighting at a high level. You know, she's been the champion. She fought for titles in two different weight classes. Uh, she's only lost to the very, very best. You know, she's she's still, at 38 years old, a top contender. Obviously, like I said, she's ranked at number two. Man, she's she's impressive, man. At that age, she's impressive. Her Her career is impressive. And then you have Aldana. She's 32 years old, and she's making her way up the rankings, trying to get to the, her first title shot. So it is an interesting fight. I'm, I'm actually looking forward to this fight. But that's, like I said, you know, it's still kind of early, so they don't really have these, these uh, fight cards completed yet. We'll see what they add to this fight or to this fight card. Right now, it's just clearly not finished. So I won't make any mentions or opinions on it yet. I'll wait till they fill the card, and then I'll tell you if it's good or bad. You guys know that I have a a pretty bad record <laughs> with uh, saying cards are terrible and they end up being good. I'm just going by what's on paper, not how the fights will actually be. So again, we'll wait to see what happens with this card, who is added to it, and we'll go from there. So moving into October 17th, which as of t- as of right now is the second fight card in October, uh, we'll see if they add a third uh, or or you know one in between these two. But for now, October 17th is the second fight card for October. We'll see number two ranked Brian T. City Ortega uh, with a record of 14 and one. He will be taking on the number four ranked Chang Sung Jung, which you may know as the Korean Zombie. Obviously, everybody calls him the Korean Zombie for obvious reasons. His name is very difficult to pronounce. He's got a record of 16 and five. You know, Ortega was undefeated prior to his fi- to his last fight. Uh, he hasn't fought since that since that fight, which he lost, which uh, was his actual first title fight in December of 2018 against then champ Max Holloway. In case you're wondering, his nickname T City stands for Triangle City. He's a black belt, very very high level black belt uh, in Jiu Jitsu, and he tends to favor the triangle choke as a finishing move. He has, I think, three or four of them in the in in his uh, MMA career. He's a very high-level jiu-jitsu guy, so that, uh, you know, as a young kid, they he would always choke people out with a triangle choke. Uh, so he got the nickname T-City and kept it all the way through his MMA career. Uh, like I said, he hasn't fought since December of, eight, of 2018, so he will be returning to the octagon after 21 months, looking to stay at the top of the division. But this this is a good fight. I'm I'm pumped for this fight. I like I like Brian Ortega. He's a good dude. He's a good fighter, and obviously, Korean Zombie's a monster. Guy's awesome. Super fun to watch. So this is going to be a good, good main event. Like I said, let's see where this goes. uh, And let's see how it goes down. All right. So again, like I said before, there is very few fights on this card right now. For obvious reasons, they have not completed it. Um, I'm sure they will fill these these fight cards, you know, as time gets closer. We still have about a month or so before these fights even take place. So there's plenty of time to fill these. But I didn't want to forget about the probably the most anticipated fight card of the year, which is UFC 254. This is going to be a sick fight. So sick. So UFC 254 will see the interim lightweight champion, the highlight, Justin Gaethje, face off against arguably the most dominant fighter the sport has ever known, the undefeated, undisputed UFC lightweight champion, the Eagle, Habib Nurmagomedov. Uh, this fight's going to be gigantic. Huge fight. Huge fight. So pumped <laughs> for this fight. Uh, Justin Gaethje brings an amazing 22-2 and record. 
He's secured titles in two different MMA organizations. He was the World Series of Fighting, excuse me, World Series of Fighting lightweight champion before moving into the UFC and capturing the interim lightweight champion. The reason he is he's the interim lightweight champion is because he stepped in on short notice to fight and beat Tony Ferguson, who was scheduled to fight Habib for the, you know, undisputed title. But due to Habib not being able to fight due to all the travel restrictions that were put out for COVID, um, like I said, Justin stepped in. They made it an interim title fight because obviously the, the champion was not fighting. And listen, he fought his ass off. And he won that. He won that fight. I mean, by leaps and bounds. I think he won all five rounds. You could give one round to, to Tony Ferguson, but either way, amazing fight, amazing performance by Justin Gaethje, um, and he won the, the interim lightweight title. Listen, there's a reason why they call him the highlight. This guy has 22 victories, and out of those 22 victories, 19 of them have come by knockout. He was once called the most violent fighter in MMA. The guy's usually an absolute psycho in the cage. But as of late, he's been more calculated in his attacks. He's been less reckless and a lot more dialed in with his strikes. So with that being said, I want to see if, not to mention he's he has an 80% takedown defense. So I want to see if his new style of dialed in strikes and his 80% takedown defense, you know, will hold up against the relentless pressure of Khabib. As I mentioned before, Habib may be arguably the most dominant fighter the sport's ever seen. He's 28-0, and he's known for ragdolling his opponents. And he may have some of, if if not the best wrestling that we've ever seen in MMA. So, you know, he comes from a Sambo background, which is a Russian martial art. It's kind of like if you mixed combat and submission wrestling, you took both of those and mixed them into one. That's kind of what Sambo is. This is a man who's, he, he broke the record for takedowns in a single fight in 2013 by securing 21 takedowns in a three-round fight. Let me make sure you heard that right. Three-round fight, 21 takedowns in the single fight. This man has won every single round of his MMA career. Habib, up until this point, does not know what defeat is in any capacity. Now, with that said... Since the age of four, he's been training with his father. He's now 31 years old, okay? For the better part of his entire life, he's been training with his father. On July 3rd, 2020, it was announced that Habib's father and best friend, Abdul Manap Nurmagomedov, passed away at the age of 57 due to complications from the coronavirus, causing him to suffer two back-to-back strokes. I really hope that Abdul Manap can rest in peace. It obviously was a very tragic event, especially since they were so close. So much so that even though he's made tons of money, has become world famous, and is now one of the most popular fighters on the globe, Habib, his wife, and their three children chose to live in the same house with his parents. So for the first time in his life, Nurmagomedov will have an entire training camp as well as a championship fight without his father at his side. Also, Habib's training camps are always split between his own gym in Dagestan and AKA in California. This time, he will not be able to join his team in AKA. Instead, he's moving his camp to Abu Dhabi, which is where the fight will take place. So, 
these facts pose a giant question. Can Habib put all of these emotions aside from recently losing his father, as well as putting a training camp together in a completely new location without all of his usual training partners and still be the same relentless fighter that we've come we've become accustomed to watching every time he steps in the cage. All of this stuff, all these questions, all these facts makes me want to see this fight even more. I'm practically drooling over this fight. <laughs> oh my god. I'm I'm so pumped for this fight. So pumped. Uh man, I want to see this fight so bad. But again, like I said before about the fight cards not being completed, this fight obviously over a month and a half away, not yet completed. We will see this fight become probably stacked. Uh, there's some, you know, rumors around that Dustin Poirier will fight Tony Ferguson in this fight. Oh, and excuse me, on this card, there's rumors that Conor McGregor might join this this fight card. I don't, I doubt that, but I, I think that it will be a stacked card, and uh, we're looking. I'm looking forward to what what fights are being added to it. We will see. We'll see what happens. But uh, this is going to be a sick, sick fight. I'm so pumped for this fight. Like I said before, Justin Gaethje is an absolute monster. This guy is a super beast. They call him the highlight for a reason. And then you got Habib, one of, if not the most dominant fighters the sport has ever seen. Undefeated, undisputed champion. Never lost a round. Just unbelievable. Unbelievable talent. Unbelievable determination. Unbelievable skill. This is going to be a sick fight. So, so pumped for this fight. Um, I want to thank you guys for listening and sticking with me. Uh, if you're listening to this on a podcast, check me out on YouTube. If this is your first episode and you're, this is the first time you're hearing me, please subscribe to the channel if you want to hear more. I, I upload weekly podcasts to keep you up to date with all the fights. Uh, if you like the content and you want to hear more, on whichever platform you're listening to, just you know hit that subscribe button. If you can, please like, comment, and, and uh, share with your friends. It really does help out a ton. The more people that listen, the more it helps the channel grow, and it helps me put together higher quality content for you guys. Also, listen, if you have any suggestions, please put them in the comments. I will take any suggestions, criticism, constructive or otherwise. I want to I know what you guys like. I want to know what you guys dislike. The podcast can be many different things. It doesn't have to be just me talking about you know, breaking down fights. It could be, I could add different elements to the, to the podcast. So whatever you guys think can help, whatever you guys want to hear, let me know. I will take it into consideration. You can find me on social media. I will put all the links in the description below the like button that will include the other formats where you can listen to this. Thanks again for your support. As always, I am Juan, and this is your average fight fan. Stay safe out there and good night. Your average fight fan.